Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Rise podcast, where we connect with inspiring and motivational guests to hear their experiences in developing their resiliency, identity, strength, and empowerment. I'm your host, Aliyah Miller, and today we have a special treat. I'm joined by not one, but two guests, and I can't wait for you all to hear from them. First up, we have Dr. Nicole Woodard, the founder of Mobility Athletes. For over 12 years, Nicole has been a high-level physical therapist in sports and orthopedic clinics. She obtained both her doctor in physical therapy and orthopedic certified specialist. Driven by her passion, she quickly recognized the need for creating more environments for healing and performance optimization. Nicole is a life coach, course creator, speaker, published in Impact Magazine, and sought after online physical therapist. She works with an incredible team of coaches and trainers to make mobility athletes the elite coaching and education center it is today. And sitting right next to her is Jessica Wiesner. Jessica is an accomplished social media and branding expert. As the founder of Power Branding, Jessica provides social media marketing for health and fitness organizations across the globe. Her experiences with the fitness community allow her to combine her branding skills, branding skill set with her passion for networking to take athletes and business leaders to new heights. But in a much more real sense, Nicole and Jess are the two best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, for coming on the show with me today. How are you doing? Awesome. Yeah, we're great. <laughs> so excited to be here with you and with all the people that are listening. Um, yeah, you're just such a source of energy for us. So we're excited to share along your journey. Oh, I'm so excited to have you guys here today. Um, so for those listening, when I asked Nicole and Jess to send me bios so that I could introduce them, they said, just tell everybody that we're the two best friends that anybody could ever have, because that explains us so much better than our professional bios. And I have to say, I think I agree. (laughs) (laughs) 100%. (laughs) I'm really excited to have you both here together. Um, I, I think this is going to be a great episode. So let's get into it. Um, Could you each just kind of tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do and maybe a brief synopsis of how you ended up where you are? Want me to go? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I, this is Jessica, by the way. Uh, and so a little bit about me. So I, uh, a lot of people always resonate when I say I, I went to school and I got a degree in accounting and I was working a uh, nine to five job. And I recently read the hard work pays off book by Matt Frazier. And he specifically talks about um, working in a job where people talk about having a case of the Mondays. And that was what my, my career path was looking like. And I was, I was just not content or happy with it. So I decided to um, create something that I enjoyed, something that could help a greater population of people. So power branding came to life actually through Nicole a little bit. Um, I was laying on her table as uh, she was working on me uh, as a physical therapist and, and we got to talking about it. And long story short, I started managing her social media account. Um, and it just, it continued to grow. I started helping more and more people within the fitness community. And today we have power branding where I, um, do social media marketing for health and fitness brands that ranges from athletic apparel to physical therapists, to programming, nutrition companies and everything in between. And then I also help athletes work with their branding, their personal branding, growing their, their following, and also some of their business collaborations as well. That's really cool. I didn't realize that you got started through Nicole with power branding. I love that so much. 
Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know that we've really ever told that story on a podcast before. We've been on a few kind yeah. of calls like this together. Uh, it was so interesting because Jess was so miserable, which I understand because whenever you hear my story, very similar. Like I was just really struggling, kept wondering every day, like, is this really what careers are supposed to look like? Am I supposed to be miserable every day? Like, am I supposed to go home and be grouchy and crying and like, And that just kept happening for me. And then she was kind of sharing the same thing. And, um, she did a good job with her own like personal social media. And I was like, Hey, well, I suck at social media and I'd love to like get more online. So do you want to just take over my social media and see if that's what you like? And so I literally think that day she created a post and copy for me and she was like, okay, I'll just take it over. Let me know if you want to post anything. And, um, she did all of my organic social media. She took me from around 350,000 or 350 followers to, um, around 5,000. And then I took back over at the 5,000, um, mark just to, um, make some reels and, but she really set up the structure where it became possible for me to engage with my audience on my own. That's so cool. And that it's a really cool Testament to just having such a good support system around you that, you know, when you decide to change career paths completely. It's not people saying, are you sure you want to do that? That doesn't sound like a good idea. It's people saying, yeah, go for it. And I'm going to help you get there. (laughs) I mean, when you look, it's like, what's the worst case scenario that happens? Like you're already living the worst case scenario that's going to happen, right? Like other than losing a paycheck. So you have to kind of check and make sure financially, am I in a point where maybe I can remove myself for six months or a year and still be okay to pay my bills and do all these things. And if you can't, then you're already living the worst case scenario. Like you're already in a job that isn't fulfilling for you. You're not living by your values, not living by your vision. And you really have to look forward and be like, okay, well, am I going to do this for the next 20 or 30 years? And if I do, how fundamentally does that change me and who I am? Yeah. And that's a good segue. So when you guys were making these big career changes, um, how did you, how did you figure out, obviously you were unhappy in what you were doing, but how did you figure out what you wanted to be doing? Like where, where did that come from? Mine came from trial and error. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I threw spaghetti on the wall to see what would stick. Yeah. I don't know that that's the. I don't know that I would like encourage someone to do a lot of that, but it really did help me find what I was like most passionate about, like dabbling in a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and trying some things. I mean, it's kind of like our old career paths. Like you can do about anything, but you've got to find what like lights you up and what makes you really excited. Um, what leads you to working with other people that also fire you up, I think was a big part Mm -hmm. of it for me. Um, so when I found that I could combine, like what I loved about CrossFit was not that I just liked going to the gym and like putting my own butt on the floor after a workout, but also like, I just liked the people and the mindset and the more people that I like was exposed to the more I'm like, I want to work with these people every day. Um, not, you know, the people that like looking at Excel every day, although those people were great. I'm like, man, these CrossFit people are like really lighting me up in a way bigger way. Um, so that's like Nicole said, trial and error is and how I did it. I think both of us too. So we, uh, one thing that we really promote for anyone and that we went through in our own journey and still embark on is that we both had 
um, high performance coaches or life coaches that we went through with in the very beginning. And so fundamentally we figured out like, what is your vision for your life? And why do you think like you are put here on earth? Um, and questions like, um, I love the question, what's the thing that you can do better and faster than anyone else? And how can you feed into that? How can you grow a business around that? Because sometimes we're so apologetic about the things that come easy to us, but if we would just lean into that more, we would find that we can create more and more impact. So we really started with a vision and then setting our values and then trying to build schedules and relationships that really fit into those. And that's where the trial and error came, right? So we created this really great foundation and then the trial and error came like, okay, did the way we set up this relationship fall in line with our values and our vision? No, it didn't. Okay. Like it's fine for us to part ways. Um, or, oh yes, it did. Like now I'm going to invest time, money, resources into these relationships because it's worth it. It falls into exactly what I need in the future. Got it. So you, you really have to kind of figure out who you are as a person, figure out your identity, um, and then kind of compare what you're doing to who you are. Does it match up? If it doesn't match up, let's move on, find something else until you find what matches up. I like that. And allow yourself to grow too. I mean, I just redid my values. So I started with my values five years ago and I just redid my values because some of the things that I needed to bring to the forefront of my mind and my decision-making have grown so much in five years that some of the things I set as values, for example, integrity, now I always, well, 99% of the time (laughs) live by very specific integrity standards. And I can catch myself really quickly when I'm out of integrity. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't need to set that as a value anymore because it was woven through all of my other values. So you can also allow yourself to grow and that's what business. And I think athletics, I mean, you know, this, like when you're pushing yourself, what, out of your comfort zone over and over, it also allows your vision to grow. And you start seeing yourself in this bigger light. And the more people that you surround yourself with that see you that way, they light you up. They let you you see a bigger vision of yourself. Yeah. I like that a lot. And again, it goes back to having that support system. That's going to help you get to where you want to (laughs) be and, and where you, you might not know that you can get there, but everybody else knows that you can get there and they will help you realize that you can get there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Nicole, one thing you said that I really liked, you talked about, um, a lot of times we're apologetic when we're good at something. Um, and you know, instead of holding back and apologizing for that, we should lean into it. Um, do you think that that has any sort of connection to, uh, I know one thing that we talked about when you guys were here was, right now we don't see a lot of females in the upper echelons of, you know, CrossFit management, CrossFit headquarters. Um, and I think I would guess that that's probably the same across most of the fitness industry. Um, do you think that has a lot to do with it? I do. And I also just think that in general, the value of women is growing. Right. Um, and so there's this book by Tara Moore and I can't remember what the, 
I can't remember what the title is, but it's by Tara Moore. And she talks about specifically why females have a harder time getting into leadership roles. And she says, what happens is that when you look at school structures, school system structures, typically females do really well in school system structures. Well, what school systems are set up as, is you do work, you turn it in and someone else really judges whether that's good or not. And females are very good at being adaptive. So they can kind of twist and change to fit different roles. And what we have to do is then we have to kind of undo that 18 years of learning for us because it taught us that that's what success was. I mean, I was a 4.0 student um, and I knew exactly how to get each of my teachers to like me, to do all those things. Jess talks about how she was a major teacher's pet. And you almost have to undo those learnings because what males do really, really well is they step up and they say, I'm freaking good and we need to do it this way. And females bring such a power to leadership because we step in and we say, oh man, I can see these different points of view. Here's where I see everything coming together. Like let's talk as a team. And so the structure continues to change, but we have to also find the adaptability in our roles to step up and be like, Hey, I'm really freaking good at this. This is the way that we should do things and essentially step into that power, which some of us, I think have learned to hold that back rather than to unleash it. Yeah. That's really interesting. I have never heard that theory about, you know, the school system and how that, uh, kind of affects how females act versus how males act. But that, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. When I read it, I was like, oh man, I feel really seen, but not necessarily (laughs) way right now. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, it's okay, Jess. I was the teacher's pet too. Oh yeah. I get it. Superlatives. That's what I was voted. Teacher's pet. (laughs) Yep. Oh my gosh. Well, um, the two of you actually have kind of found a unique way to uh, break into the upper levels of CrossFit management type positions. Um, can you guys t- talk a little bit more about um, how you're doing that, kind of what you're doing both separate and together to flip the script? Sure. So Nicole and I, um, the first time we ever attended a higher level CrossFit competition, um, we noticed some big holes in a couple areas. So a lot of, a lot of the athletes, they show up and like, they have a coach there and they, they're checking a lot of the boxes for like, when they're like on the floor. Right. Um, and everything that takes place from when, you know, three, two, one go until the, they cross the finish line. But then we noticed off the competition floor, there were some holes when it came to like recovery, um, their mindset, their, um, just bringing that stimulus back down. And then we also saw a hole from a social media perspective, which tied into that because not only were they trying to like recover, um, but they were trying to be on their phones and they're trying to check in and like check in with sponsors or make a post. And, and it was just creating this really stressful side to the competition, um, outside of those, those minutes on the competition floor. And so Nicole and I realized that Nicole, as a physical therapist and as a recovery and a warm up specialist, that she could bring something to the table, as well as I could bring the branding, the social media side to really create a stress management system for athletes at their big competitive events. Because 
this is the, you know, these few big events are when these athletes are receiving their spotlight. They don't, you guys don't get a ton of spotlight throughout the calendar year, other than at the CrossFit games, at a semifinal, at Wadapalooza, you know, whatever those large events are. And so if you're not capitalizing on that, both from an athletic performance, but also from your personal branding, you really miss the few opportunities you get. And so that's where we come in and we, we take our expertise and we, we do all of that for you. We provide all the stress management. We bring a lot of fun to the table. Um, we're really loud cheerleaders. So we add some extra pizzazz while we're at these events, um, but we're covering all that stress for the athletes. And, and we have a lot of fun. We think the athletes seem to have a lot of fun. Um, and we've just seen it. It really improves, you know, their experience both on and off the competition floor. And I think to highlight on that too, a couple of things um, is professionalism in the sport is continuing to grow and people continue to talk about it. But what we found is that professionalism is continuing to grow, but there's a gap between what businesses think and like the business of CrossFit headquarters, the businesses that are paying these athletes and the business of being an athlete. There was some significant communication issues or just how people are defining what professionalism looks like to them. So professionalism to the athlete looks like showing up, freaking grinding every single day, putting themselves in the best gym environments, getting the best coaches so they can go to the CrossFit games and CrossFit headquarters. It looks like branding being in sync with what CrossFit fundamentally is sharing and also growing more coaches and more affiliates and those pieces. And then for businesses, it's like, well, if we're going to pay you, we expect that you're essentially acting as an employee of our business, that you're showing up on a consistent basis. You're meeting all these like scheduled sets and that you're bringing in just as much or more money into our business than what we're giving you. But there was a ton of miscommunication going on there. And so we found that this was the easiest way to start bringing in all those communications that we were hearing from different meetings and just our different collaborations to really help people start to see a different point of view um, and understand. So that professionalism with the communication um, is definitely something that we aspire to. And it's the reason that we really enjoy working with athletes that have a goal to stay in the sport for a long time. They get this competition spotlight, but they also want to stay in health and fitness and grow their brand or businesses or help grow affiliates, whatever that might be. And they really can see this big picture. So you guys, you guys identified a hole or a, a disconnect and you're filling in that hole. You're, you're bridging the gap. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's, that's how successful people get to the point of being so successful. They identify a deficiency and they are the fix. And that's really cool. That's, that's really cool. I like it. <laughs> um, do you guys feel like you ever get any pushback in the space because you're females? 
I wouldn't necessarily say that we get any pushback, like that's not self-inflicted. I mean, I'll speak for myself, not for Jess, but I mean, I spent the first two years of my career. I'm so lucky that again, talking about those people that I surrounded myself with, that they gave me permission to continue to grow and helped boost me. But I had a lot of personal development stuff to move through. And one of those things being that I had in my mind in order to work with elite athletes like yourself, I also needed to have an excellent friend time. I also needed to have six pack apps. I also needed to have whatever it might be. And I needed to be training two, three hours a day when in fact, that wasn't my passion at all. My passion is everything that we just talked about. So I think any resistance that has come has all been like self like inflicted by me, by me not stepping into the space. And like I said, saying, Hey, I'm really good at this. This is specifically what I do. And this is specifically how I can help you and being okay. Whether an athlete wanted that right now, or whether they want it later or whether they don't think it fits into their brand at all. And, um, so it took me a few years. I would say last year was the first year I really stepped in. And then this year I've noticed a huge shift in myself. So specifically being a female in the space, not necessarily from other people, but definitely like my growth needed to expand beyond that. Yeah. I mean, I would piggyback and say mine was similar. Like, I think for me, it was more like when I was starting out feeling I didn't have some resource that maybe someone else had like, well, Mm -hmm. I did, I don't happen to get to work out with a high level athlete, or I don't just happen to know some of these. So without that connection, how do I, how will I ever move forward? But like, you just create them. And, um, I mean, you'll hear no a lot more than you'll hear. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, especially when you're starting out, but I think a limited mindset of just like, well, they would, by telling yourself that you'll always get no, will keep you from trying where if you just are like, I'm going to send a bunch of messages and I'm going to reach out. Or if you do go somewhere in person, like, Um, what I have found in the, in the space is that everyone's very welcoming and like Mm -hmm. willing to talk to you, willing to listen. And so really what I have found is by sending messages or by walking up to someone and saying, hi, I'm Jess. And this, and, you know, giving that elevator pitch, essentially like people will listen if you're just willing to step out of your own comfort zone. That's, that's really what Mm -hmm. I found is that it just took getting out of my own head more than anything and stop, honestly, just stopping myself from like using lame ass excuses. (laughs) Truth. That's really what it was. So yeah. Just like, again, freaking step into your power, step into your knowledge and realize that you're not being an asshole or conceited by saying like, Hey, I'm freaking good at this. And like, I'm expert and the things that I'm not expert at, guess what? I'm going to listen to you and so many other people that I'm going to continue to grow with you. And like, man, that's just a powerful place to come from. And I mean, both of us have just continued to grow into that role. And it really helps like finding like your hype squad. Like sometimes (laughs) it is like Nicole or I just calling each other up being like, okay, I'm going to send this message. You ready? And like, and then Nicole will be like, you got this press in. And then it's, it's just a lot easier when you have that encouragement and it sounds so silly. Um, but that really is encouraging or, and that's why I love traveling too with Nicole to events, because you have that, that little extra encouragement that sometimes you need. So like, if you're, if you want to approach someone to have someone that's, you know, 
in the hotel room with you, like the night before, or who's there, you know, walking in from the parking lot or whatever. That's like, all right, you got this. You're going to go in and introduce yourself or whatever. That makes a huge difference. And mm-hmm. all you have to do is just find those people. Like there's tons of people, but come find Nicole or I, we will believe <laughs> in you and encourage anyone to do anything. But it's like, true. <laughs> yeah. So you just have to find that, like that hype team too. Cause like, we all have that self doubt, but it's just surrounding yourself with the resources that help you kick it in the butt sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are so scared of the word no, or, you know, we're just naturally scared of rejection. And I have found in my life, you know, I have a couple close friends or, you know, my family or whoever. And if I talk through something with somebody else, in my mind, I'm always going to worst case scenario. And it's really helpful to have that outside perspective that says, hey, you're catastrophizing. Stop it. (laughs) It's not going to happen. Just do it. (laughs) So, um, I think, I, I think it's really important to have those people around you that, like you said, light you up and, and push you out of your comfort zone. And, and I think specifically to what you, like, even the original question about like, do we get pushback being like female centric businesses in the space? Um, I don't think that we necessarily get pushback, but there's also not a lot of us. So there's not a lot, but the female athletes, no offense to the males that are listening to this, but the female athletes in CrossFit, like are freaking banging, man. They are crushing it on all levels. And I see a whole big grouping of them. Um, so that's really powerful too. And like, we just need the first movement of women that become powerhouse coaches, movement of women that become powerhouse managers. Like we're starting to see the um, female owned businesses in like, as far as products and what they're really talking about. Tasia like came out, they did the, you know, she was talking about um, female empowerment in the sport. And so you're starting to see all these people starting to align their visions. And I think in the next two to five years, we're going to see some major growth there, but also like people like Jess and I have to keep like stepping forward and be like, Hey, yo, this is what we offer. This is who we are. Um, And just be ourselves unapologetically. And so I challenge any athlete, anybody that wants to own a business, anything like that, like try to figure out how can I step forward unapologetically and just be me. Yeah. I had a, a guest, I think it was last week that was, um, we talked about how important it is to just unapo- unapologetically be yourself and how much easier things will come to you and you'll be able to accomplish, you know, what you set out to do if you're just true to yourself and you're just you <laughs> and you, you know what you're capable of, what you're good at and you do it. Yep. I like it a lot. Um, so you guys are working in more than just the CrossFit space, correct? CrossFit's probably our biggest, like even most of the businesses that Jess works with are like 
CrossFit and then they mingle in other things. Um, so I originally started in the triathlon space. Um, and so I work with a few triathletes off and on and a few runners off and on and a few bodybuilders off and on, but the bulk of 90% of what I do is, um, CrossFit driven. And then we have a coaching certification course that goes through. Um, and so we've had a few personal trainers that do more hit style training, um, than specific CrossFit. But again, 90% of the people that are in there are physical therapists or coaches that are working in the CrossFit space. Okay. Um, do you guys have any desire to expand outside of CrossFit or are you really just trying to focus in on CrossFit and, and grow what you can there? Oh, good question. I know. Um, I, I think for me personally, Jess has taught me this really powerful thing that when you speak to one specific thing and one specific passion as you're a growing business, other people will still come in, um, that are aligned with you and you still say yes to them. Right. But specifically right now, my energy, my passion, and my alignment is in the CrossFit space and everything that I structure is really built around CrossFit. And then other people come in that also align with some of those CrossFit, um, philosophies and pieces. So, um, I think that I'm going to stay here, um, for the time being, I, um, foresee in five, seven, 10 years that as my brand continues to grow, that that will expand out. Um, but right now I'm really here and believe in this sport and the athletes that are in it. And I want to dedicate my time and energy to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Nicole said, obviously I, I believe in niching down for, for any brand, um, to have that specific like core group of your like preferred clientele or athlete Mm -hmm. or whatever that is. Um, and so like Nicole, I really love the space and the people in it. So that is my priority right now, um, to serve the CrossFit community. But like Nicole said, that still opens the door for a lot of other brands and athletes to come in at times. What for me that, um, looks like if it's a business, like actual social media management and some of that more done for you services. Um, but it also, I am also doing some coaching on just coaching, um, business owners, brands, and athletes, how to manage their own social media voice. And so that, again, it opens the door for some of those non-CrossFit athletes and non-CrossFit specific businesses to still utilize my knowledge and services that way. Um, I do, my boyfriend is an elite level triathlete and Ironman athlete. So I've dabbled into that sport. Like Nicole started there and it's funny, like she's stepping away from it a little bit. And I'm like more going into it now, just because, I am attending a lot of those events with him and kind of learning more about that circle of individuals. And, um, I enjoy them just as much, but it's just not my, like, I always say my personal choice of like self-torture is CrossFit. So, um, it just doesn't have my heart the same way CrossFit does. The mindset is exactly the same. Anyone (laughs) that is an elite level triathlete, their mindset and a CrossFit's mindset literally exactly the same. That's why I was able to merge so easily into the spaces because I'm like, Oh God, you guys are the same people only triathletes are like, Oh, lifting weights, a barbell. No, I don't want to get too strong. And CrossFit athletes are like, Oh God, swimming and running. 
I could not think of a more miserable way to train. Can you please just give me a barbell for the most part? And, um, so it's hilarious. I'm like, man, if these two groups could just come together, (laughs) they could really create some powerful training. (laughs) You would literally create Iron Man. Literally, (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, it would be insane. (laughs) I love it. I really like the idea though, of, um, kind of focusing your vision on one thing and trying to grow that one thing as much as you can. And then the other things will slowly naturally come in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I do think it's important to have that focus on one thing, because then when you are getting to these um, decision points and you have to decide, you know, am I going to take my business in this direction or that direction? Or, you know, what do I do here? You don't have these competing interests and you know, hey, this is what I'm focusing on. This is what's true to me in my business. This is where I'm going. I think um, my business coach, James Wedmore, he talks about that you have an island over here that you want to build to. And if you're building six bridges and you only build them halfway, you're never going to get there. So try to build one bridge get to the island and then figure out how, uh, how many other access ways do you need to get over to the island that other people are going to want to take. And, um, I just really liked that. And the other, um, the other thing that I've really went through in my business is this idea of you're climbing a ladder. You need to check and make sure that when you get to the top, the ladder is actually leaned against the right building, because if it's not, or if you're building a bridge and you're building the bridge to the wrong Island, like you get there and you're like, um, okay, well, I don't want to be here. And so then it's back over. Um, and I think that those are really powerful things. And I'll be honest, like, those are the things that I messed up the most in my business. I invested super heavily in the beginning financially, um, and time-wise in things that just weren't aligned. I jumped here, jumped there, jumped on every opportunity because I had this mindset that there wouldn't be another opportunity, like got to take this one. Cause there might not be another one. Got to take this one. There might not be another one. When in truth, when you say yes to something that's not aligned, you're saying no to everything else that might be coming in that could be a better fit for you. And that, that took me a long time to learn. And so if anyone's dabbling and you're like, oh gosh, I'm doing all of these things, don't worry. Like you will keep moving through it. It will be fine. But I recommend getting you someone like Jess who says, Nicole, what are you doing? And then she's not mad whenever I'm mad at her for like 48 hours and refuse to speak to her (laughs) because she told me a truth that I know. Um, and, um, but find someone that can kind of hold you accountable. I'm definitely a visionary, get lots of different stuff going on. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you kind of talked about it briefly. Um, have you guys had any sort of like, I don't want to say catastrophic, but like big, failures or big, uh, points in your life where you, you learned a hard lesson, um, but it's kind of catapulted you to where you are today. I can, I mean, I can share two of mine. I'll share a financial one and I'll share a relationship one. So, um, the first one was relationship. Um, when I very first started, I created a relationship, um, with, I won't like give too many details. Um, but with a specific individual and with a specific environment. 
And as things went on, I was becoming more and more and more restricted um, in the fact of like, I had to check in with them every time I wanted to do something. I had to get their approval anytime I wanted to do something, but they weren't a business partner of mine. They weren't an like owner of mobility athletes or anything like that. And it ended up coming to a head, like in a very, like it was over something personal, but it also all wrapped into the business and overnight my business changed. Um, I was literally verbally attacked and overnight I had to pack up things. I had to move on and I was freaking out. I was scared. I was going to lose all of my business contacts, this fear of, okay, nobody's going to trust me anymore. What if everything this person said about me is actually true? Um, and all these pieces. And it really led into a lot of confidence issues, a lot of trauma for me. And, but what happened from that is I literally grew a pair to go and like jump into the online space. And it helped me create connections. And it also helped me be a lot more careful with the types of relationships that I was creating. And so it was catastrophic in the moment, but like most people that have been through anything catastrophic, once you get beyond it, you're like, oh, thank God. Cause I needed a big kaboom in order to shove me in a different direction. And so I'm so, so thankful for that. Um, it really helped me grow, but that was definitely that was definitely a huge failure for me. Um, I say in quotations for the people on the podcast. Um, and then the other one was financial. So I invested before I understood what I was actually sharing with the community and whether the community actually wanted it. I invested a lot of money into program building ads, employees, um, and all this stuff. And I literally about bankrupt my business in, um, about a year's worth of time. And I didn't know whether I was going to be able to ever get out of that because I thought if I threw more money at it, that more people would want it. And that was the wrong philosophy. I needed to talk to more people. I needed to learn what people were actually saying in order to grow. Yeah. And what kind of, um, support did you have to help you get through those situations? Oh, like, how did you get through it? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I also invested a lot of money. Like I said, I had a high performance coach, life coach at the time. And I also did two years of financial training. So my life coach um, and performance coach was Tyler Pazic at the time. And I did fiscal fitness, which is um, literally financial training for small business owners. And they do your business and personal. Um, and then I also had a business coach, um, which was Jen Casey. So I had all three of those things that I've invested in, and they really helped me move forward through that um, and realize, okay, here's where you need to change up. You're going to be able to do this, but we've got to just like, hold on for this period of time. Yeah. Jess. Um, okay. Well, I'll, I'll pick a different, not in the business, but like leading to my business. So like an earlier conversation, we were talking about like, you know, trial and error and finding like what you're passionate about. So, um, I guess something a little more like catastrophic for, or what felt catastrophic at the time for me when I was really lost in my career with accounting and, and really just my life in general, like what was my purpose? I hadn't worked with a, with a life coach yet. Um, and I hadn't put a lot of those systems in place. Um, but okay. I have to tell everybody, Nicole is just taking a picture. Of us <laughs> <doing the podcast. laughs> 
catch it on social later. Um, She's learning from you. (laughs) Yeah, she is. Um, But yeah, so going back to my story. So I I had no systems in place and I was looking for an out, an out from a job I didn't like, an out from a life that wasn't fulfilling. And so for me, I chose, I decided I was going to pursue being an NFL cheerleader, um, which sounds really crazy, but I've danced my entire life. So I was like, I've got this, I can do this. Um, And so I auditioned my first year, made it up until the very final cut and then got cut right before they announced the team. And I was like devastated, but then I was hooked. I'm like, I got this. I'm going to do this again. So I, again, I like just pause everything. Like all I worried about was dancing. I didn't actually put anything in place to better the spot in the the position I was in, in life. I just kept trying to like, kind of like mask it up you know, and like cover it up. And so I auditioned again and the same thing happened. I made it to the very, very final cut and I didn't make the team again. Um, and meanwhile, this is like when Nicole and I's relationship started because, um, it's really hard on your body to dance all the time. It sounds really silly when you're in the crosses phase, you're like, you're not even lifting heavy weights, but when you're jumping down into the splits all the time, it starts to take a toll, um, on your mid twenties body. <laughs> so Nicole comes in and starts helping me with just like all of the pain that I was in. Um, but like, again, I think some of that physical pain was also coming from the like mental and emotional pain. That was just me not being like satisfied with where I was in my life at the time. And so, um, and I actually even auditioned a third time and the same thing happened. I got cut at the very last. It's like those athletes that go and get like sixth place at a semifinal, but top five go to the CrossFit games, right? Like I've been there, I've been there again and I've been there a third time, but here's the thing for me, like that wasn't ever going to fix my ultimate problem. My ultimate problem was that I wasn't happy with, with where I was going in my life. I wanted something bigger. I wanted something that could impact more people that could allow me more freedoms to travel, to meet more people, to make a lot more connections. Like I, my, like what fires me up most in life is like meeting other really passionate individuals and being creative and, and like networking. Um, that's like what really fires me up not dancing. Right. And so if I would have become an NFL cheerleader, like, I don't know that I would have ever had the time or guts to actually pursue a business and to create a life, not just a few years on a, on a dance team, but a whole life. And so I think like, it seems catastrophic in the time when, you know, that goal wasn't met. Um, but really I think all it did was it just catapulted me forward to finally just face it and be like, I've got to make big moves. Like auditioning for a team for one year isn't a big move. Like a big move is making a big business and making a big splash in a big space, like the CrossFit world. Um, And so that to me, like it was catastrophic at the time because it felt like, again, it felt like I had failed. Like I had to tell everyone, like I tried, I tried and I tried a third time and I didn't make something. I didn't reach the goal, but looking back, the goal wasn't to be a dancer in the NFL. The goal was to make a bigger impact for something that can last my entire life. And that's what power branding is to me. And that's what I would encourage other people when you are looking at your goal, like what is the ultimate goal, even for CrossFitters and what is like the goal of you on that floor, that competition floor, and what is going to push you to do that that last rep a little bit faster and to cross the finish line. Is it that you just want to like win that event or that, 
that entire competition? Or is it that that is to help something bigger in your life? Cause it's that bigger. Why that is what actually like catapults people forward. And I just didn't have that when I was like auditioning to be an Indianapolis Colts cheerleader. Like I had no bigger why other than like, I was just trying to cover up another whole mess of, of things going on in my life. Right. They wear cute outfits, right? They did have cute <laughs> outfits, but that it was just not a big enough. Why at the time we're like, now I have a way bigger why. Cause I figured it out. And I also worked with, um, the same coach, um, like life coach, high performance coach that Nicole worked with Tyler Pazic. And he really helped me define some of those values, missions, why's that, that helped move me forward. Mm-hmm. Um, So I would recommend anyone to do that. And I even do that now when I work with clients for branding purposes, that is like what I spend my first, like, you know, couple sessions with is like, let's just figure out some values and some why, because again, that's your brand right there. And then like what you do, whether it's that you're competing on a competition floor, you're a physical therapist, it, that's the messaging is like ultimately your values and your mission. Like that's where we're going to create all of that. Yeah, that, excuse me, um, that sounds a lot like, um, you know, people always talk about being focused on the outcome versus being focused on the process and the outcome, you know, we don't always have control over the outcome, but we can control the process and we can, we can learn from the process. We can, uh, generate value from the process and that's where the growth happens. And then the outcome is what it is. But that process is what fundamentally changes you as a person, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's really interesting. Um, well, one thing I really like to ask my guests is um, if you could go back and give your younger self advice, what would you say? Mm. And that's tough. It's tough. I, I think I would say... Um, get a coach sooner. Uh, <laughs> uh, but truly, um, for me, I had a major problem with self-worth. So, and it's been with me my whole life and I knew that. And so I'm so thankful for being in these spaces and owning a business because it opened me up access to coaches and people that like saw that and helped me work through that in ways that just weren't accessible to me prior to this. And so get a coach sooner. Um, and, Honestly, I don't know that I would have a lot of other advice for myself because I really looking back, I'm like, man, like that girl went through it and I'm proud of her. And like, she did screw up a lot and that's okay. And, um, so I, I think the biggest thing I've learned is looking back at yourself and loving every rendition of yourself, even the ones that you were like, Oh God, those bangs. And you wore a headgear oh girl. Um, <laughs> but loving every rendition of yourself because it's what got you here. And I'm really proud of like where here is. Um, so other than getting a coach sooner, just to help me see myself better, I'm not sure that I would have any other advice. I like that. Yeah. I probably wouldn't give myself a ton of advice either other than just again to like not settle because that's how I really felt for a long time like man there's got to be more like I shouldn't have to feel miserable or like Mm -hmm. I always just like I there is no reason why you can't just like why every day can't be a great day like I always felt that like deep down I remember like leaving my eight to five and calling my dad crying and I'm like I just had this gut feeling like you can be like happy every day. Every day can be a great day. You can love everything you do. 
And, and it's so easy for those outside perspectives and opinions to seep in and like, well, it's okay. You're not supposed to love your job or like, you're going to have days that suck or you're going to have case the Mondays. And like, that is just not true. And, and Tyler really did teach me every day can be a great day. And I'm so glad I never settled and just thought you're right. You know, like it's fine. I can hate my job. I can like hate a lot of the hours of my days. Like that's such bullshit. And I'm glad I like didn't settle, but I really think that would be the only advice is like just to not settle even earlier than I Mm -hmm. chose not to. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's a great day to have a great freaking day. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, well, we will wrap it up the only way I know how to wrap it up. And that is, um, please bestow upon the podcast world your best dad joke. Ooh. You want to go first? Okay, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, Aaliyah, what do you call a snowman that crossfits? Jess, I don't know. What do you call him? An abdominal snowman. <laughs> so bad it's good so bad I love it I love dad jokes I'm so excited about this um what did the fish say when it ran into the wall I don't know damn (laughs) that's a good one Oh my gosh. You guys are good at these. Um, you want one more? I got one more. I'm yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So what did the um, motorcycle say when you told it a joke? I don't know. Yama. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> okay. Those were good. <laughs> so bad. They were good. Um, yes. So much for that and ending. Um, and thank you for having us on. You are such a beautiful energy, and I just absolutely love that you have a podcast. And I just um appreciate your friendship and having us on. I appreciate you guys. I'm so glad to have you on today. Um, before we end it, uh tell the world where can they find you? Uh, social media, website, anything. At Mobility Athletes Instagram, you can find anything and everything um on there. Um, for Nicole. And for Jess, find everything on Instagram at I am power branding. All right. Well, thank you guys.